TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Five ball center field going back as Buxton still going back, tracking it. It's up against the wall. Buxton collapses on the warning track. Mondesi rounds second. On his way to third, they'll wave him around and he will score. Uh, Buxton carving up the padding in center. And we got a few changes for both teams here. Byron Buxton's out of the ball game and can surmise that his collision with the center field fence might have had something to do with that. That was the call last night on Fox Sports North. It is the Score North Twins show. I'm Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And on his first Score North Twins show adventure is the one, the only, Judd Zolgad. Judd, welcome into the fold, my friend. Is this red mic? So this is on? Yes. Yes. Just that like just like all this the other shows you host. The mics work exactly the same. If I have to cough, I push this <laughs> button. all the shows. If I want to talk to Manny, I push this button. That's the talk back button. Yeah, there you, you want go. that one. Okay, I'm set to go. You got it? You all set? Just did enough to work the same for the twin show. Cool. Twins are in action right now taking on the Royals. That game tied at one in the middle of the third inning on a Williams-Astadio single to right field. Of course. To score Rosario in the second inning. La Tortuga getting it done La Tortuga. in La Tortuga fashion with the helmet flying <laughs> off the head before he even got <laughs> Got out of the batter's box. So turn the TV down, turn the radio up, and let us talk some <laughs> twins with you while you watch the twins on the TV. And that highlight last night was the inside the park home run uh, by the artist formerly known as Raul Mondesi Jr., now Adalberto Mondesi, and uh, Byron Buxton removed from the game, as you heard there, and then not in the lineup for the game this afternoon because of what they're calling a back bruise and what has become a trend with Byron Buxton of running into walls. And surprise, surprise, that hurts. Yeah, apparently yeah. that strategy is not one that's conducive to playing 162 right. games. Right. Who knew? And we did, you actually talked about throughout the offseason, the 21 pounds of muscle that sure. Byron Buxton had put on. And he told uh, Marnie Gellner of Fox Sports North that had he not put on those 21 pounds, he feels like this could have been much, much worse. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. I my strategy for him is pretty simple and it involves not crashing into walls uh-huh. at full speed because yeah. he's so fast. They showed a graphic on the broadcast last night that in terms of uh, measured feet per second by I think it's Statcast doing those. He's the fastest player in baseball, faster than Billy Hamilton. So cool it when you're around a wall like that and I don't know how much we want to like dive into the play or anything. Wasn't a great read. It's a hard ball to read, I'm sure, as a center fielder. I sat on Twitter yesterday. Never played center field in the big leagues. So I don't know. No, you have, really? have not. Okay. I should have said that before right. we started. Yeah. Tee you up a little bit more for that. But no, I didn't. And I'm sure those plays are challenging. But kind of drifting like that, a little bit of a banana peel route, and then you have no chance to catch it, but you still kind of do this jump turn into the outfield wall. I, I didn't see the purpose. I don't know what the point of that was. Credit to him, I guess, for getting it getting up and getting the ball back in, but too little too late. And it's tough for the Twins now. They're going to have to monitor this thing going forward. I bet you this isn't just a today thing. This is going to stick with them for a little while. Yeah, they said he may miss a couple of days. Yeah, and it's nice to have the off day, of course. So day game, naturally, you're going to sit out. Then an off day, good. But, I mean, two weeks from now, sore back or something like that, going to scratch him from the yeah, lineup. This can you, linger. You, you, you hate to see that, right. and if you're the Twins, you just want a full healthy season. I want to hear the, the explanation. 
So let's hear Buxton talk about it. Well, it's Marnie, actually. Oh, she realized it? She's paraphrasing what Buxton told her. Buxton gained 20 pounds in the offseason, and part of the reason was for plays exactly like that, so that his body could hold up a little bit better if and when he crashed into the center field wall. And Byron said he is absolutely convinced that he would have been injured more in previous seasons when he didn't have the extra bulk in his body and said it for sure would have hurt more. It might have been a, more of a significant injury. Thanks, Manny. Mm-hmm. All right. I am and and have been for a long time the conservative guy on this show. I'm the guy who drove Phil absolutely crazy because I said Anthony Rizzo should not climb up on on the wall at Wrigley Field to catch a ball because you can such a great catch because you can slip and fall and it's stupid, especially in the regular season, which I believe that game was. All right, so here's my problem. Well, there's a few problems here. Does Buxton not realize that putting on muscle does not protect your back one bit? <laughs> Like if you if you wrench your back because the other thing is and and listen I'm going to contradict myself here because I'm a big fan of the fact that Buxton told a lot of people who tell him how to hit to shut up and just I'll do my own thing yeah and and you know I might have a few advisors my dad uh, Rousen the uh, hitting coach but for the most part if you're going to come and tell me to have a leg kick just buzz off I like that uh, but in this case somebody I'm sure will talk to him and needs to it's game four what are you doing. Like in Yankee Stadium, when and, and he went in full throttle to that fence and got hurt, but it's a playoff game. Yep, I don't, leave it all in line. I don't like it, but it's a playoff yep. game. Okay, but th- but Rami Derek, this is game four, and the other thing, and this is where I think he needs to be sat down and talked to. The other thing, as Derek said, is the route to this ball, and he takes pride. He sees himself as as the equivalent of a linebacker going headlong into a a receiver or a running back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the wall's never going to move. Like the wall's never going to lose this fight. The yep. wall's not going to be like I'm injured. I am injured and now you win. Um so somebody's got to articulate to him and get the point across. Byron, you are valuable because you're playing and my final point is if he was not injury prone, I might be annoyed by this, but I'd also say, well, he plays almost all the time. And so so my point is basically nullified a bit, but he's hurt all the time. Yeah, that's so like there's a there's a lot of common sense things here that need to be explained that there is no way unless you are in a game that you have to win. And then the route to the ball has to be has to be good yep. that you should be doing what he did last night. This has annoyed me for a long time and watching what he did last night. I think is absolutely crazy and can easily, if he continues on this track, undermine what this team is going to be trying to do. Let me ask you guys, Rami Manny, I know where Judd stands on this now. Are we overreacting? Because I, I kind of gave him a hard time for it. And I think if you asked Buxton and you asked the Twins gold number one for this season, they'd give you the cliche answer. But it's true. Finish the year healthy. Be healthy all season. Get another year under your belt in the big leagues. Are we overreacting to uh, what could be a one-day injury here? Maybe, but I don't think that it's the injury necessarily that we're reacting to. We're reacting to the trend, the pattern that he runs into walls and it causes health problems for him. And the biggest problem I have with it is what Judd just touched on, which is that he he did this for no reason yesterday. And I, I, I haven't watched enough of Torrey Hunter to know if that's a trend. He had no chance of catching that ball because of, A, the speed at which it was traveling towards that fence, 
And B, the angle that he took on it off the bat yeah. was just terrible. And so he was shaded a little right he, center. He should have he should have realized early on in that in the flight of that ball that he didn't have a chance to catch it and given himself about six feet between himself and the wall to play it to play it off the carom. He literally just went running into a wall yesterday for no reason, with no chance of catching a baseball and recording it out. I understand the the competitiveness, yeah. and had he had a real chance to go and get that ball, I'd go, well, he probably should be a little bit safer, but he was making a play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yesterday, he had no chance to make the play and ran into a wall recklessly and came away from it with an injury that's going to cost him at least one day in the lineup, maybe two. And that's that's lucky that right. that's all it was sure. because it can be a whole lot worse. As you guys have said, when a person runs into runs into a wall, almost every time the wall wins. <laughs> yeah, well, Judd's point is he'll go even further with this because I've heard him make this argument. You give up outs to save your body. You intentionally, even if you have a play on the ball, sometimes you have to not make that play in favor of keeping yourself on the field. Manny, we talked about this before the season, mm-hmm. said – Okay, we were talking about his weight gain, and this is going to be good for cushioning. And I kind of jokingly said the best way to avoid getting hurt running into walls is to just stop running into walls. Four games into it, we're talking about this again. Um, Am I overreacting? Are we being crazy here? No, I don't think you're overreacting at all. And to me, it was like yesterday with Byron Buxton just kind of felt like, and I'm not as much worried about the bat because it seems like the bat has he's made some strides there and he, and he's headed in the right direction there. But it does seem like yesterday was sort of the full Byron Buxton experience that we've had for the last couple of years where, you know, he's swinging at outside pitches and not having as great of at bats as he should. And then he recklessly crashes into a wall in center field and gets himself hurt. I mean, it just felt like yesterday was just like the full Byron Buxton experience experience that we've seen with him that we thought would be behind us now. We thought that he had put behind him now. And again, like I said, I'm not as concerned about the bat because it was just one game and he's sure overall with that, he's off to a nice start for the season. But the crashing into the wall thing, man, it, it's just, I, it, he's got to know, like you can't, you just can't do that. It bugs the, me. To Judd's point, like, Dude, it's game. It's the fourth game of the season out of 162. But I don't know he why. Was, why he was off to such a good start, and, yeah. and here we are. I don't know why you would expect it to change because he literally right. said, "Okay, I put on this extra padding, <laughs> so I, so I, I could Rami, run into walls." <laughs> where Rami's right though, and and I didn't think of it th- this way until he said it, is it's selfish. Like, you are trying to look good styling into a wall with no chance to catch the baseball. Well, let's be clear. So that, I think so he was, like, slowing down. I, but, like, the fact right, but, that he was at a dead sprint going back. Okay, but a good outfield play. Another I, hit for La Tortuga, by the way. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. I, like Derek, have never played a game in the outfield in the big league. That makes two of us. But we've watched enough baseball to know that if you go back and watch that ball, that ball, playing that ball on April 2nd is all about positioning. Which is you never get near the wall. You don't need to. Yeah. You play that ball. He turned it into an inside the park home run. Yes, he did because of how he played it. Right. That's fair. Go back. Go back and watch that replay right now, and tell me that on April second, the play there is not to say, okay, that ball, that ball's got me beat. I need to keep it to a double. It's a double. Play it off the wall. I, 
appreciate this sentiment from Buxton, but I saw um, FSN posted something, I think it was on Twitter.com earlier today, about Buxton's sort of post-game interview. And he had said, well, at that point, by the time, it's like when he turned over his shoulder, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, like, by that time, I had already sort of made up my mind that I was going to go get it. And man, Judd, I hear what you're saying with the sort of being almost uh, defiant or, or, or obstinate, whatever you want to call it offensively where you say, Hey, that's cool. If you're not James Rousen, if you're not my right. hitting coach, if you're not my personal swing coach, if you're not Williams Astadio, then you can buzz off. I don't need to hear any hitting tips from you. <laughs> right. But defensively, I don't think you should have that sort of hard headed opinion of, ah, well, I was going to go get that ball. I, I think maybe it's a case of lost in translation where he's just like, he has to say something confidently after the game. He's probably in pain. He, I know he's disappointed from being removed from a game. Same thing happened at Yankee Stadium in that wildcard game. He was more upset than physically hurt when he had to get pulled from that game because it's like, here's your chance. This is the postseason. This is what you play for. And he had, his day's done early. So I know it bothers Buxton on, on like on a personal level. Because I talked to him after that game, and and he was unhappy. So to me, it's like that hard headedness can help you maybe at the plate. I don't know that it's going to help, or I don't I don't know that it's going to serve him at all in center field where he's already excellent. Last night's play though is is absolutely a perfect play to sit him down and show him and say, "Here's why it was wrong." It's perfect. Hold the guy to a double. Can you do it in the moment? Play though? it off the wall. Like I mean, like well, you could show him that now. Here's and where then... I'm mad at him. If I'm the Twins, he's injury prone already. Sure, he's hurt himself by going into walls. He's gotten freaky injuries. Some people, some people just get hurt more. Yeah, and, and that's not. I'm not even going after him for that. But we can definitely well, say. But we can definitely say yeah. that he's injury prone. Yes, I need him to play. It's like we say with Sano. Okay, this one's maybe not your fault or oh, wrong place, wrong time. But there's kind of this magnetism. Bad stuff follows him around. Yeah, it's probably some of it's unlucky. Maybe some of it's of his own doing. It's just it's weird. There's this magnetism for bad news. Buxton, you look back at the injuries throughout his career, and I've defended the guy to the end about the ability to the let the ability shine through just let this guy be healthy let him be healthy get him 1500 plate appearances in the big leagues and you're going to be happy you did um it is weird that there is this sort of magnetism for weird injuries it's a crash into the wall it's a broken finger it's a strained tendon it's a it's a violent crash in the minor leagues and none of those things individually would you be like come on but it's just taken in totality you start to wonder man there is this sort of magnetism for missing ball games uh, I'm not calling him fragile, but it's fair to say he's been hurt an awful lot since he was drafted. When you're as physically gifted as Byron Buxton is, your best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Just it, because as long as when you're out there on the field, you're going to make good things happen just by the virtue of being as gifted as you are. And outside of running into walls, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. He seems to have a pretty good baseball IQ. He seems to know the game and play the game 
pretty intelligently. I would from, say from, so. a, from a baseball standpoint. That's fair. The, the only hole in his baseball IQ is the fact that he keeps running into walls. And Derek, you said, well, in the moment, can you ask him to change what he's doing? And and he said in the quote that Judd referenced that, well, I had I had made I had already made the yeah. decision that I was that I was going to chase this one down. Predetermined. But here's the thing. You're one of the best center fielders in all of baseball and a freak athlete. You should have the ability to change your mind go ahead, yeah, midway yeah. through that sprint yes. to the wall. You know yeah. what I mean? Like halfway through, you go, you know what? Not getting this one. This isn't me. Let me play it off the carom. You don't just off the bat go, nope, chasing this one, and I don't care what happens. Here we go all. <laughs> and I keep, I keep bringing this go. up. I keep bringing this up too, and it's I don't know how possible it is or not, but like, if you're Byron, can you look? Can you go to Tory Hunter and say, "How did you? How did you go your entire career for the most part and be elite at this position and keep yourself healthy for a decade plus and durable?" Now, Tory was a one Tory was a bigger guy and and probably could two things. Um, he robbed home runs, so he, he he would actually go to the wall and jump above it. Right. But if you if you recall Manny in the Metrodome, there was a girder in the center field fence that if you ran, ran into, you got hurt. That was a fifteen day DL waiting to happen. But I want to say the rest of and Tory was incredibly smart. I want to say the rest of that fence just had give. Mm-hmm. And so, if you went in into it, because it was it was sort of like the baggy and right. Sure. So I think the difference is now ballpark to ballpark, you've got a lot more fences. In fact, in fact, Tory's contract had a no trade list that included the Cubs. And at first, I was like, it's because the of Cubs, Wrigley. it's because of Wrigley, the Briggs mm. didn't want to crash. Well, and this mm. is no disrespect to Tory Hunter, great center fielder, one of the all time twins. Not even in the same conversation in terms of speed. No. Nope. So Buxton, right. that's that's my issue. It's not so much like he's tried to rob a bunch of home runs because really we haven't seen him go over the fence and take them back like Tory did. What we've seen him do is get in his mind that he can catch this ball that no other human can, and he's been right on a handful of times, and it's sure. amazing. Yeah, I, it it takes your breath away at a baseball game, and there are not too many things that can do that. His defense is legitimately one of them, but then it's this sort of Overconfidence is not the right word, but it is this self belief to the, like a to a fatal degree that he thinks he can catch everything. So he goes off sprinting faster than any major league baseball player, and he ends up on the wrong side of several collisions with the wall. I I don't like that part of it. I wish that to what Judd was saying earlier. I wish you could sit him down and just say like, "Hey, man, it's great that you added the muscle. Hopefully that'll help you out." But Maybe cool it on some of these. Uh, maybe just preserve your body a little bit more. That'd be awesome. We'd love to have you hit ninth, playing center field for us 156 times this year. Please, please, please Pace just yourself. take care of it. Right. But I think then Screamer hit over his left shoulder. He's going to turn and run. Quick, uh, it's just instinct at that point. Quick update here on the uh, Twins-Royals game. In progress, Twins just took the lead. I didn't see who hit it, to be honest with you. I just turned We're behind head. on this TV over here, and it looks like Mitch Garver with oh, the full It count. was Mitch Garver. Um, off the wall in left center field, and uh, our, our guy, La Tortuga, came blazing around third base. And CJ, of course he did. CJ, <laughs> of course he did. CJ Crone almost caught him, and then uh, CJ Crone was thrown out at home plate oh, on oh, the relay like, from the outfield. Looks like Jake Cave there. 
And JK, oh, oh, JK's got some wheels, so if he would have caught Williams Astadio, eh, no shame in that. Lot That's fine. He can got run. The, the chins are flying. The hair is going in the air. Well, great. no outs. He probably had to hold the bag. So let's give your guy some credit here. There's a lot of disadvantages working against him in that play. Yeah, Again. we got a sack fly from Ari Adrianza. There we go. To make it three to one. Three one twins. Top of the fourth inning. Two outs. Again, turn your TV down. Turn your radio up. Listen to Score North Twins show. When we come back, I do have a strategy for how the Twins can make the postseason. I, I tweeted out yesterday, and it, it got some traction. I think some people are on board with my plan to get the Twins into October. Okay, that's next. It's score. It's the Score North Twins show on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, and our Twins reporter, Derek Wetmore. All back right after this. Of Minnesota sports? Check out our package. Score North. Rosario goes, and the pitch hit to left center field. Rosario tracking the ball all the way. Sprints around second, on his way to third. He's coming home, and wow. he will score. Brilliant base running by Eddie Rosario. And the Twins have tied it up on a single. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. It's the Score North Twins show. I'm Rami Makhlouf, along with Judd Zulgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, and our Twins reporter Derek Wetmore. Find his thoughts, his musings on your Minnesota Twins and the sport of baseball at scorenorth.com. You can also find all our Twins programming, including this show, the Glenn Perkins Show, Five Thoughts, which Derek and I record every Friday, all by just searching Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts. Also, we're available on Spotify. We're available if you have an Alexa. Just say Alexa, open score north. And the app is also available now for Android and Apple. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255. Or you can tweet us at score north. Derek, did you want to quickly uh, give us your plan before we get into that aggressive base running by Eddie Rosario for how the Twins win the AL Central? No, it's a pretty simple plan, really. And they're executing it flawlessly so far. The Indians are my favorite in the American League Central. I think they're going to win it. Uh, First weekend didn't look so great for that prediction, but I'm sticking to my guns. So my goal, if I'm the Twins, is to hang tight with Cleveland. I mean, when you go face them 19 times this year, hold your own. Just don't get run over. Maybe even win the season series. And then against these other three doormats in the American League Central (laughs) You go fifty-two and five, and you're off to a pretty good start. Oh, is that it? Fifty-two and five, securing your bid to the postseason. Chicago White Sox, Kansas City Royals. It's it should be easy, and then the Tigers maybe drop a couple with the Tigers. What did you just say? Maybe, maybe. (laughs) How good do you think the Twins are? Fifty and seven, fifty-three and four, somewhere in there. You know what? You hit on you hit six and one. Yeah, that you hit on something. I'd be fine with that. Wetmore just hit on something that I think is a. Fabulous point. Well, thanks. This schedule sucks. Oh, yeah. I hate what? And I know. I mean, as a fan, you Patrick like and I have it. talked about it. It's all Red Sox and Yankees. But really? Really? As a as somebody who follows the Twins, I don't want the Tigers. And it, this division's awful. I don't want the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox coming to Target Field this much. So are you really complaining that they have an easy division to play in? I'm complaining as as a baseball fan. I want good teams here. I want the Yankees for a couple of trips here. You're I not want just hear him say they could get anywhere between fifty and fifty seven. Oh, he's somewhere wins. between fifty he's, and fifty six. He's smoking dope. They're not going undefeated. He's he's high right now. I'm not <laughs> listening to his scenario. But he reminds me how much I hate the current schedule. 
I, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Give really? Me, yeah. Give me I, an easy schedule all day long. Yeah, yeah, I just say, like, as a baseball fan, you... I mean, you this, cover this team. Do you yep, really want these September teams? home games? If Have you looked it's at a that? Bad draw. Oh yeah. By the way, August and September, a lot of home games when the kids are look back at the in twi- school. Look at the Twins' August and September home dates, and tell me how often, short of this team being off the charts good, sure. how often, Rami, you're going to go to games? Well, and Williams asked to deal uh, t-shirt day will be out of the way, so that won't get him out to the park. April That'll 26th. be in April. We're yeah. going. I will be there. Uh, the other I'll one that you, you might be offended by, Rami, and I promise we can get to Eddie Rosario here, but. Milwaukee in the middle of the week is weird. Why don't we just do a weekend series I, a piece? I actually wrote about this. If you uh, have three to split the gate or whatever, I, can I don't tell care. You why. Please, I can tell you why. Do. And I still hate it. So I who was I talking to? It was either Dave St. Peter or somebody at MLB a couple of years ago because what you said makes perfect sense. I believe this was in a year where they played tar- at Target Field against the Brewers on Monday and Tuesday. Sure. And then they made the jaunt for the they Wednesday drove. and Thursday. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And I said, what are you guys even doing? This is the stupidest thing. And they said, because in years where you don't play the division, so in years you don't play the set, the the National League Central, you need to make it during the week. And I said, that still makes no sense to me. Sure. Derek's right. Make it a weekend. Like Make it a weekend weekend. You wrote that rule that right. you now can't break, ostensibly. Correct. Stop with this. You, I don't like that they don't seem to think about fans going to the games. It seems to me, more and more, and whatever, maybe this is good for baseball long-term because it just pumps in tons of money, but they're worried about a TV audience and that enjoyment. And specifically in huge markets and where they can get subscribers for their their wonderful TV package and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's I'm kind of with Judd. Like, yes, he's kind of being cranky old man a little bit with the like I don't like the schedule. It's imbalanced, but he kind of has a point, and it's even worse in a division where three teams are just bad, bad, bad. But isn't this kind of similar to like the early 2000s though, when the Twins started winning divisions, where the Royals were rotten, the Tigers were losing a hundred and was the one year the Tigers lost 119 games. Yeah. The schedule was different though then, right? I thought they still they still played them 19 times. Oh, I thought they then? went to the 19 times. I thought they went to the 19 times within like the last um 10 years or so. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember when I the switch s- was. I I thought they brought the Yankees in here a couple times and the Red Sox. I thought. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I I will never complain about an easy yeah, schedule. Yeah, Rami's not offended. I'll easily. take it. <laughs> I'll take it every time. Don't you want better? Okay, why don't you want better teams here? Because the Twins winning is good for business and good for this show and good for Mackie and Judd with Rami and good for me and good for you and good there for Derek. Go. But I didn't, I didn't mind watching the Tigers come into the Metrodome and and Mike Marath and Jeremy Bonderman were getting and isn't isn't destroyed and isn't, watching, win, isn't watching your team win fun and entertaining for you? Well, I just gave you a scenario where they go fifty two and yeah, five well, against yeah, these then, yeah, then go, so go, that's go with the Whitmore plan. Right? <laughs> it's not just in this, a scenario; it's easy. It's going to be easy for them to do that. I think I said pretty easy. But pretty. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean easy. to misquote you. Yeah, Qualifier is my important. Bad. Totally misrepresented you there. That's my fault. You're good, dude. No, but I I I have no problem with the, with the week schedule yeah. and about that Milwaukee thing. I had a lot of my Milwaukee peeps saying, we're coming to visit you when the Twins play the Brewers. I don't sure. think... Sure, Target Field's a great stadium. It keeps people away, though. I don't think a lot of them knew that it was midweek. I'm down waiting for the cancellations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that That is stupid. Yeah. That, that is incredibly you know stupid because we'll you drink the weekend jobs. before. <laughs> <laughs> and weekends are great. Oh, yeah. A weekend series against the Tell Brewers? Tell me we wouldn't get the three of us in a car and go make that drive. Manny, you're more, riding shotgun. More <laughs> importantly for... I'm good with that. For here, when, when Wisconsinites come here 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Probably good for the tap rooms, I would I was going to say, by mm-hmm. Sunday, they're so tanked, they don't know where they are or what they're watching. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of being tanked and not knowing where you are or what you're watching, Phil Mackey, our fearless leader here at Score North, just yes. tweeted out, I think if the Twins win this game, they win the division. Fight me. God. <laughs> hey, he's probably listening to the stream. Where's your stash back there? He's probably listening to the stream player. Oh, he can't have any. Probably listening to the stream player. I get fired for that. He's uh, hearing my optimism about 52-5 and five within the rest of the division. Maybe you go like... 10 and 9 against Cleveland, and here we go. You're off to the races. Even like 8 and 10 against the Indians. Honestly, you'd be in pretty good shape if you win more than 90% of your games against the rest of them. That That's a pretty good formula. And while we're talking about fun things that have come across my timeline, Eric Thompson tweeted this at the Twins, and then I, I came across it. It's a gif of... Uh, which do you guys know which Ninja Turtle it was that wore orange and had the nunchucks? Any Michelangelo? Ninja, Michelangelo. That's what We're I thought it was. Talking to a Ninja Turtle nerd over here. Man. There you so go. It's Mike. It's a gif of Michelangelo whipping around his nunchucks with Williams Astadio's head on it, and it is the greatest <laughs> gif <laughs> ever. I've just been sitting here looking at it. Why did I? Why did I know immediately segment. where that was going? Wrong. <laughs> that is the greatest gif I have ever seen. Thank you, Eric, for bringing that into my life. That's, that's I love good. it. You're listening to the Score North Twins show here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Tomorrow we'll have the Glenn Perkins show in this very time slot. The former Brewers pitcher sits down with Phil Mackey. Every Thursday we'll air it at 1, we'll air it at 6, and then you can hear it at scorenorth.com or just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts to find that and all of our Twins programming. That Eddie Rosario aggressive base running that we heard coming into the break, smart base running according to the guys on Fox Sports North. Not so smart, according to one of the guys on this very show. We'll talk about that next. Stand back. We don't know how big this is going to get. Scorenorth.com. Join Score North this Friday from the noon until 6. We'll be broadcasting live from Day Block Brewing Company on the corner of Washington and 11th Avenue South. Stop on by for great craft beer and delicious pizza as you head to any of the final four festivities. Rosario goes and the pitch hit to left center field. Rosario tracking the ball all the way. Sprints around second on his way to third. He's coming home and he will score. Brilliant base running by Eddie Rosario. And the Twins have tied it up on a single. That was the call yesterday on Fox Sports North happening in the fourth inning. Time to fight. Tied the game at one. Brilliant base running. Yes. Yeah, I forgot we were going to fight. Oh, yeah. Or was it, Derek Wetmore? I don't like it. <laughs> I'm. It worked. What? Hold on a second. I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we go. Uh, gloves are off. I have been frustrated, is probably too strong of a word, but like annoyed. is Maybe annoyed is the right way. Annoyed at Eddie Rosario's risk taking over the years. And maybe even then more so annoyed, like when it pays off, he's treated as a hero. But it's like, dude, if you take that risk 10 times and it pays off three times and we celebrate you every time and then say nothing of the seven that you cost your team a rally, I get annoyed by that because it's, yeah, it's disproportionate. We should we should treat it for what it is. It was a risk. He took a risk and it worked. So credit where credit is due. But the fact that he kind of just placed these things so freely uh, both as a left fielder and on the bases, it kind of bothers me from time to time. I got a question for you. And, and this is one of my crankiest of baseball takes that I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. All right, here's my first question, and I, I don't know if 
Rami would agree with this or not. Um, to me, what we saw him do when he scored from first, so so Crone hits the ball, and Rosario's off with the pitch. Full count, yeah. So he's, he's running. running. Yep. So, th- so this is... And then when you watch it, Gordon picks the ball up in left field. Rosario looks back, and you can see him slowing himself down. And I think he's being held up by the third base coach. That is correct. But then he sees that the ball's not coming in quickly, and it's almost like he rope a dopes Gordon a little bit into taking his time, thinking, oh, he's going to stop for sure at third base. And then he takes off again, and we've seen him do, do this before. Why don't you appreciate the fact that, to me, it's really savvy. Has it, it, it has wasn't it, fluky to me. Has it backfired on him when he's done this in the past? Oh, that all little, the time. That little stutter step, hesitation around third. All to the sort time, of, and we never, we never point it out. I mean, it's not just that deke move. It's like in the outfield, he'll try to make the hero throw and overthrow the catcher. Well, that's like, a, that's different. That's I, I'm with you on these that. Are, they're the same to me. They're pulled from, they're, they're a different chapter in the same chapter book of over-aggressiveness, not necessarily considering the risk-reward. Of the move. There, the risk reward is like a good throw from the shortstop. He's out. He's out. So if Mondesi takes it a little more seriously. But he was saved by a lot because Mondesi didn't, and he could see that was unfolding. He didn't, and then he like double clutched and he panicked. And like, I think. If this is a team that cares a lot and is defensively sound, then it's probably not a good risk. If that's Carlos Correa and the Astros need to win that game, you're out. But it wasn't. Right. I liked it. And my my thing with base running is that if 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 it's a ball in the outfield and whether you're going home or going to third, whatever the case might be, if it's going to take two perfect two perfect throws. In other words, the outfielder picking it up, relaying it or getting it to the relay man. Yeah. Relay man has to catch it clean and make a good throw to home plate. I'll take that chance every time. And if you can sort of if you can fool the the relay man with a little stutter step like that or a little deke move like that around third base, now you're making it that much harder yeah. on it. And I think you saw the results of that right. with with Alberto Mondesi, formerly known as Rule Mondesi Jr., when he again it would have taken a perfect throw even if Rosario hadn't done that, and then he made he made Mondesi think about it a little bit, and like you said, double clutched, panicked. I, I think forcing teams into into situations like that is for me that that's yeah, the way yeah. I like to see my teams play. Use a little aggressiveness to to press the issue a little bit yeah. for the opposing team's oh, defense. Trust me, I I do like aggressiveness and I like forcing the issue. And I agree with your point that like under pressure, every fielder is is worse. I mean, Alex Gordon when he has to make that throw is worse than if it's just like oh hey man, spring training. Here you go, I'll hit a fungo, get it into the relay, man. No pressure in that situation. So there is something to sort of forcing the issue, but my problem is, well, one, I mean, that's on Mondesi. Like, he probably just needs to get his head out of his backside and make that play. But if you're Rosario in that situation, what do you guys think is, well, first of all, pick up the third base coach. He never looked. He's just looking over his right shoulder, which I don't know why. But the geometry of it doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, he made it work so good to him. He's maybe some sort of like spatial awareness genius that I clearly don't have. But what do you think the odds that he's safe in that spot? Like, let me just ask thought experiment here. 50-50? That he's on that, safe on, on that, that particular play? He runs that, that saw last night. same play 500 times in a row. Is he safe 250? I would say 60-40 maybe. Really? Okay. Maybe even better than that, I honestly. Dis- I disagree with you, though, in the fact that I think he glanced over his shoulder to see how the ball was being handled. So I think that it's Yeah, but a, it wasn't like Gordon was lollipopping it. 
But Gordon was assuming, if you go back and watch, it looks to me like Gordon's assuming, he's as most would, that he's going to stop at third base. I'd say that's fair. But I don't think that he's, if he was, if he had his head down and ignored the third base coach and just kept going, I'm with you. But what I see is a player being acutely aware of the circumstances, looking, seeing that everyone is taking their time because they're all from the Kansas City and making an assumption. Sure. And then being smart. So I think... I think given the circumstances of him observing the play, him being Rosario, he's going to be safe 90% of the time in in the fact that that he's seeing the circumstances. Because if it's Houston, guess what? Yeah, He's He's going to see that Correa is getting the ball, and guess where he's stopping? Third base. So so I see this as a perceptive play. If Maurer did this, we would... Would have done this. We would have all been talking about. My God, look at how he runs the bases. He and might have been thrown out by ten feet. He's not that fast. No, he's not. But if he had been, but look, but if Joe does this, we're all saying, savvy, look at Joe. Savvy, yeah, savvy. look at Joe run the bases. I don't think that this was some type of fluke, weird play. I think it was very smart. So I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree because I think it's him reading it and then being overconfident to the point of arrogance that he's for sure going to be safe and ninety percent. Seems crazy to who's me. Who's the old man now? I huh? think it's 50 50. Yeah, exactly. I said well, this I mean, one who's my the old man now? Crankiest Cranky baseball old takes. Derek Wetmore. That's right. You stop when the third base coach tells you. <laughs> 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 yeah. This is not some sort of twisted authoritarian obsession. A cigar right now. Yeah, no, this Listen, is, Sonny Boy. I thought you were the forward thinking, progressive yeah, hipster no. on the, on the Trust staff. Trust me, this is not some sort of, although I am wearing my cell phone clipped to my belt today, so this is not the perfect day for me to make a grandpa take. But I think there is a certain amount of brashness that I think can cost you real runs and real wins over the course of okay, the season. Okay, but where's brashness, ba- where's brashness a bad thing and where does it become a good thing because you don't want everyone not being Here's brash? The situation. Two outs, running with the pitch, okay. A. Ray Adrianza on deck. Go for that. Run. I want you to try to score on that, right. knowing full well you're going to get thrown out half the time. But... Who was coming up next? It was Crone, so was it Cruz? I'd have to go back and look at the box score, but they had a capable... Maybe Jonathan Scope. Shockingly, I've I got my newspaper right here, yeah, Derek. I mean, Let I'm me tell stunned. you. We just keep now trading old now man Now you're back blows. to being the old yeah. guy. Marwin, uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. There I is was a, looking on a computer screen. I had the newspaper, Sonny. <laughs> why don't you just go away? There is a capable hitter coming up, and there's one out in the inning. I'm perfectly happy taking first and third with Marwin Gonzalez at the plate rather than taking a 50-50 chance that you've got... Runner at second and two outs, no run across. It's great for Rosario that it worked out, and it's great for the Twins. And I got to think, guys, that the Twins would never admit to this. They would never say this publicly, but there have to be some people who agree with me on their side. There have to be some people who say, like, man, you got to really you want to run through the third base coach there and risk two outs man on second for Gonzalez when we could have just had first and third one out? We're going to score there. You are going to score more likely than not, I think you're more likely to score from third base in first and third with one out and a good hitter at the plate than you are taking a 50-50 chance that the shortstop falls asleep. This is a little hypocritical given what I said about Byron Buxton in the first segment of the show in terms of risk-taking, etc. But with Buxton, it's a different case because you're talking about risking getting hurt and costing yourself and the Twins games over the long term. So I I don't like that brand of aggressiveness. This is a different brand of aggressiveness where he's I think he's one of those guys and Brett Favre is an example of this in the sport of football 
where you see, I can't tell you how many coaches mic'd up I've seen of Brett Favre and the coach going, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, I, I think there's a subreddit for that. I, I, I personally, I, I, I like that style of play in baseball. And sure. it's going to cost you a few outs. But I mean, those are outs. It's not. It's not a guy crashing into a wall and costing right, himself right. and his team games and maybe wins. Aggressiveness is going to cost you outs, but it's also going to score you runs like it did on plays like that. And I don't mind it necessarily. So it depends what we're talking about here. Just to put a bow on my side of the yeah. argument here, you guys can have at it. If you're talking about fun, I love it. Absolutely, I want him taking that risk ten times out of ten because whoa, here's some excitement dialed up when it could have just been a routine single to the outfield. Oh, runner was going. Oh, first to third, and, and unless you get off to first to third plays, that's not fun. That's not exciting. What's exciting is him taking a chance and seeing something you don't see every single day. But if you're talking about being invested in the team winning games, and you just said yourself, Rami, that the Twins doing well is good for Rami Makloff, is mm-hmm. good for the Score North Twins show, mm-hmm. is good for business, then don't you want to just be exactly optimal, absolutely as optimal but, as you can, and that to me was a suboptimal I plan. think if you're taking chances in situations like that, where, like I said, it was going to take Two perfect throws and a clean relay uh, reception and and throw. Yeah, but this isn't the Little Leagues. Like, Alex Gordon Mondesi makes that play. It's still a hard thing to pull off, as we saw there. So I don't don't mind guys being aggressive in those situations. And Kansas City was handling it in a pretty unprofessional way. That's the thing that he saw and took advantage of. That's fair. This is the big leagues. you you got to make that play. And Gordon's a good player, but I think Gordon was assuming that Rosario stops at third, and Mondesi just, I don't know what he assumed. I can't figure it out. But it was unfolding, and Rosario knew, and that's what I appreciated. And I just go back to the fact that if this was a faster, or if a guy like Maurer was faster, and he was playing this year, and he did it, we'd all be like, I'd oh, crush him for that it. Joe Maurer, he learned from Molly, he learned from Paul how to I'd run the bases. Him. I liked it. Do you guys remember the Eric Hosmer play in the World Series mm-hmm. for, the, for the Royals against the Mets? Sure. Where he yeah, ran in contact. from third. Yeah. And Lucas Duda just made a terrible throw to the plate. I wonder if it's kind of falls into that category where you do that a hundred times and Hosmer is out if Lucas Duda just makes a good throw. It just makes an accurate throw to the plate. Maybe that's just the way Eddie Rosario looked at it as the Royals are not, you know, in his mind as he's going around third and running through the stop sign, he's thinking the Royals are sort of half-heartedly, you know, approaching this play and I can score here because there's not, you know, they're they're not in, a, you know, that, that sequence of Gordon to Mondesi to the plate is not going to be smooth because they're sort of, you know, just sort of half-assing it, basically, to to try and make to try and make that yeah, play happen. Yeah, I mean, if that's what he saw and he took advantage of that, then my hat is tipped to him. I think it was more like, oh, let's see if I could get away with a hero play here. And he gambled, and he got lucky, and he and he was right. Um, so I'm cool with that. Yeah, the outcome dictates the process, right? Like it was a good process because it worked. Uh, the World Series example is pretty interesting, Manny, because I think you're right. I think you make that play. Nine times out of ten, as a big league first baseman, well, but if you choke once in the World Series, you only get one run at it. It's not like a, the end of a poker tournament where they might run the end of the hand two, three, four times to 
try to decrease variance. Nope, this is you get one shot and you have to make the play. And yeah, I did not like that the uh, go ahead and make that play, big league shortstop. And that I wonder is f- perfectly fair. And I wonder sometimes too when when guys make base running plays like this, if circumstance and situation is a heavy motivator. And like maybe Ro- Eddie Rosario's thinking this is game four of the season of out of 162. So Let's go. What's the right. big deal? I'm still and feeling even, good. <laughs> even in the even in the Hosmer situation, that was game five, and the Royals were up three games to one. Sure. So even if he makes the third out of the, the game there on. in the ninth inning, that okay, yeah. it's, it's still three two Royals in a series, and we're going back home for a game six or something it, it like that. So- I don't know. It sounds like I'm losing this one. It sounds like I'm down three to one. I, if this is if this is the ninth inning of a game they have to win, I'm just going to take first and third with one out and say stop. I and Tony Diaz is new to the Twins. The new third base coach came over from the Rockies. If you really want him to stop, you can do more than the little hand held out above. You Steve you can little, really the old, hey score no don't score yeah, no. Oh, just wait, tackle go. him. I, uh, <laughs> well, you can't do that. I think I, that's against the rules. I feel like your objection to what Rosario did in this case is more based on on your history of watching him yes. than this one play. Yeah. Absolutely, you you yep. you are you you have a laundry yeah, list of reasons that. why you don't he is an exciting player in fact I this side point. of Williams Astadio is the most exciting player on the twins you could argue uh, especially if Buxton's going to miss any time with the back but like he cuz he cuz he takes these gambles he takes and i think Paul Molitor, their former manager i think he really liked that part of him i know for a fact that it drove him nuts at times but there are certain situations where you're like yeah, I mean, he took a risk that most people wouldn't make, and it paid off for him, and he had a good thought process going into it. It's hard to fault the guy for that aggressiveness that Rami loves. So there's a there's a give and take here. I saw that play as a guy who's been, I've definitely praised Rosario, believe me, but I've been critical of him in the past, too, for some of these unnecessary risks and things that I think cost the Twins runs and wins. And this was just kind of the latest example to me, and it worked, so... What do I know? Philosophical question for you guys. Okay. Did you run through a stop sign if you never looked at your third base coach? Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, I don't think he knew he ran through. Three lands in the forest. And you know. that, was, that was really deep. That was deep. I, I'm going to have to sit and meditate on that one for do a little that. while. Do that. I'll let you know on Friday for we'll Five We'll talk Thoughts. about it on Five Thoughts on Friday. Yeah, Tomorrow dude. in this very time slot, the Glenn Perkins Show, former Twins pitcher, uh, Glenn Perkins will sit down with Phil Mackey. Find that and all our Twins programming. Just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts. For Derek, Judd, Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Score North Twins show.